Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Happy New Year. What? Let's try this again. Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. I haven't seen you since the New Year started, so I figured I would start that way. Good to see you. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor of New Life Church Midland, and uh, had the honor and privilege of getting to uh, come here this morning. Beautiful drive this morning. Sun's, the sunrise was incredible, and so uh, excited about getting to share with you this morning. It's always a, a great time to get to come up and um, just be with you. This is a, a fun family, and can I tell you, like, um, you're growing. I don't know if you know that or not, but like, just... I can feel it, I can feel a, a sense of uh, ownership of this house from you guys. Like I, I've never felt what I felt this morning walking in here, like this is your church and you're taking it in that way. I, I've noticed people that uh, are walking in and it's hard to get past certain greeters because you have relationship with each other. You're loving on each other, like you're taking ownership of this and the Lord is resting here amongst you. It's beautiful. I just wanted to tell you, you're doing a great job. Would you just give yourself and your pastors a hand clap and just say good job to one another? It's awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you begin to see that with your, with your own eyes. It's, it's, it's sometimes uh, in our lives, it's, it's hard for us to see what's actually taking place and someone else comes in with a different perspective and you guys are doing it. So this is amazing. Um, I'm gonna share a word with you this morning that I shared in Midland uh, on New Year's Eve. And um, um, I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna, we're gonna get into a, a bunch of scriptures, so um, it's, it's gonna be fun. Father, I thank you for our time. Thank you that you're here most importantly. Uh, I thank you that your, your word is true and you are true to your word. And where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are amongst us. And so I thank you that you are here and you are the guest of honor, and we just, we choose right now to uh, turn our attention to your word, to turn our hearts towards your word. I thank you that we have ears to hear your word, hearts that are ready to receive your word. I thank you, Father, that you would supernaturally open us up to actually hear something, uh, let something uh, develop on the inside of us so that we actually produce fruit in our lives. Uh, I come against distraction of any sort of any kind, God, that would try to rob this word from us. Uh, we silence the voice of the enemy, the accuser. We tell him that you are no good here. I plead the blood of Jesus over this entire campus uh, from, from the, the north side to the east side, the south side, west side, all around this place, God, that this is your house today. In these moments, God, that your word prevails and your truth prevails. In this place and in us, we declare that. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us further into truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. If you agree, would you give me a good amen? Amen. 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 Uh, Thursday, November 16th, 2023, uh, I was leaving home church, got in my truck, and as I got in my truck, I heard the Lord say, uh, 2024 will be the year of the sword. I was always said, that was all I wrote down in my notes, and in scripture, uh, a sword represents a lot of things. In a negative sense, it, it represents difficulty. It represents strife, war, persecution. Uh, but we also know that the word uh, sword in scripture represents the word of God and it represents truth. And so I believe that 2024 will be a, the year of, of the sword. 
or you will have to swing the sword of truth in your life to actually prevail against the things and the assignments that the enemy is sending against you. Every area of your life is going to have to find itself submitted under the word, and you're gonna to have to actually swing your own sword in the presence of your enemy, amen? You might find yourself at times in this, this year in various situations where you're faced with difficulty because of accusation. You might find yourself in places where you're getting falsely accused. You might find yourself in the midst of false judgments. And in these times, you're not at war with the person, you're at war with an enemy, and you have to, have to, have to, have to get your identity from the word 100%. This is always the truth, but I feel the Lord saying this is 100% has to be the center of everything you do in this year, or things will look different in 2025. And I. That's not a good different, FYI. It's not what I feel. And so Ephesians chapter six, let's, let's jump into some scripture. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 17, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Who's, who are we fighting? Just making sure. For we not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. I know Keith preached on the armor of God last week, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you were able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Also, jump with me to John chapter eight, verses 31 through 35, it says this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say, you will be made free. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen, this has to be what we find ourselves in the middle of in 2023, finding ourselves free indeed and liberated by the truth of the word. Amen? Everything that comes against you, everything that comes to you, you have to uh, know the seasons, know the times, use discernment, but then take it to the word and actually say, Lord, is this from you or is this from somewhere else? And if you can't find it in here, let's just call it from somewhere else. Y'all good with that? If it's a maybe, let it be a yes. Let it be one of those kind of seasons. I remember uh, I went through a, a, just a time of like, just a couple of years of just, self-searching and finding, finding my point A is what I call it sometimes. Uncovering pride and arrogances and, and insecurities. And I, I lived in this place because I needed to. And I feel like this year is one of those kinds of places. Not to get way introspective and, and beat yourself up and be down in the dirt all the time, but I lived in this place of if, if, the, 
if the answer to my question was that might be a problem, I automatically assumed it was a yes, it is a problem. If that might trip me up in my walk with the Lord, it automatically was going to trip me up with the Lord. I lived from this place where there was, there was no gray because I didn't need there to be a gray, because gray had gotten me into a place of insecurity, and gray had gotten me into a place of pride, gray had gotten me into a place of false humility, which is also pride, and I lived from a place of, it's, if it's a maybe, it's an automatic yes. And in the season of 2024, the year of 2024, if it comes against you, and it might cause division between you and the Father, count it as a yes, it will, and then deal with it with scripture. Amen? I'm just gonna say a bunch of stuff today, so. This may not be as polished as you're used to in the, the, the orator of Pastor Keith. <laughs> every theory, every philosophy, every way, every belief system, uh, every new thing that's on Instagram, it either has failed or will fail. But the thing that you hold in your hand, it, it has stood the test of time, and it was never going to fail, nor can it. The Bible has to govern every area of your life. It has to be the center of your marriage, has to be the center of your parenting, of your leading, of your living. It always is the thing that will make you free. I remember one of the, uh, my first pastor, his name was Trey Johnson, and he used to say this all the time. He said, your word level determines your win level. He said it all the time. I mean, the guys that know him instantly can probably see his face when he said it. Uh, he, he said this all the time, but the thing is that when I'm full of the word and it's running over out of me, I will live in victory. I live in victory in my thinking. I live in victory in my speaking. And ultimately, what comes out of my heart, if I'm living in victory of the word, I will actually live a life of victory. Your word level will determine your win level. In Romans chapter 12, verses one through, five, one through two, he says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The more my mind is renewed to the truth, the less I think about worldly problems from a worldly perspective. The more I actually start speaking to things and not talking about them. In 2024, can I tell you this? Anything that comes against you, don't just talk about it, talk to it. Seriously. Think about what happened with Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus goes in and Simon's mother-in-law, he, she, she's, she's sick. What did Jesus do? He didn't say, oh my gosh, she has a fever. He spoke to the fever and the fever broke. He didn't just entertain the idea of like, man, it's, uh, just, it's a bad deal. That's a fever. <laughs> that's 103. Man, it's 105. That's a, that's a bad fever. Man, she, she's, she's, she's got the chills. No, 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 he didn't come in and do that. He didn't give it any time because if it was, if it was coming against her, he didn't say, oh, that might be. No, 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 he said automatically this is yes and I'm going to rebuke it. I'm going to aggressively come against it with the truth that I can change the situation because of who my father is. That's how the season of 2024, the year 2024, has to be treated. Evil and wrongdoing, or disease or sin, has to get treated differently. It has to. They don't get talked about, they get talked to. I remember my whole life I had dealt with allergies, just 
terrible allergies, uh, West Texas maybe. I'd get sent home from school all the time uh, during allergy season with pink eye. They're like, oh, he's got pink eye. I'm like, you can't have pink eye every day. <laughs> it's not, I don't think that's possible. And they're like, you have it every day. You need to go home. Here's all your homework. Uh, but I just had terrible allergies. And I remember when I got a hold of just the word and when the word got a hold of me and, and I was just doing my best to just press in and learn anything I could and, and start allowing this to transform me. Uh, I worked for my stepdad's parents and, and they had like five acres and I would, part of my job was to mow those five acres on a riding lawnmower that wasn't, wasn't fast. It needed some love. And so in West Texas, you know, like there's not a lot of grass either. So basically what I was doing was I was just creating a massive dust storm from all the dirt that y'all had been sending us when I was a kid. I would just, it would just be this dust bowl that it was like followed me everywhere. And I would sneeze and sneeze and sneeze and sneeze and I would just be so mad. And then the Lord was like, hey, why don't you just start speaking to the sneezes? Why don't you just start speaking and rebuking them? And so I would sneeze and I would plead the blood of Jesus over myself. If you could have listened to me, you thought I needed a loony bin, like, that's where I was headed. Like, for, for, for as long as it took me to mow this grass, I declared the word over me every single time I sneezed. For hours, it took me. I can't tell you how many times I pled the blood of Jesus over myself those years mowing that grass. But I can say that my allergies have been completely different ever since that season. I almost don't have any, any longer. The other day, uh, my daughter, she's eight. One of my daughters, she's eight. She had a friend over and played all day long together. You know, close proximity, they're sharing toys, all the things. And uh, so the, the kid leaves, and then later in the evening, the mom calls Stacy, my wife. Just, hey, wanted to let you know. Uh, so they got a fever, and uh, they're throwing up. And Stacy goes, oh, great. And I'm like, no, 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 not oh, great. A 1,000 may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it doesn't have to come near me. Like, that's what we have to get to the place of doing in, 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 this, in the living of 2024. Because anything and everything wants to come and actually rob you and pluck you out of this place and out of your place with the Lord where you are growing. Make sure you fight, but make sure you fight with a sword, which is the truth. Amen? We have to swing it in 2024. Have to swing it in 2024. Uh, we have to be more intentional about knowing Jesus and he gave himself to be known by the word, and I love that. John chapter one, verses one through five, he says this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness. Watch this. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, or in other words, uh, another translation says, and the darkness did not overcome it. When your light shines in darkness and when you allow this to shine in the dark corners of your heart or the dark corners of an accusation or the dark corners of an attack of the enemy, the enemy cannot overcome the light when you actually release it into moments of darkness. It can't. It just told us that it doesn't. If we know the word, we will know Jesus. And that is the ultimate goal. If we know the word, we will know Jesus. If we don't know him through his word, and we don't build personal relationship with him, we will know of him, and that is dangerous. In Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 20, it says this, you've probably heard this before, but now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. 
so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. First off, we would be offended. If I just started passing out my, my handkerchiefs right now and I'm like, they were, in the, they were in the presence of the Lord with me, take this to your mom, you'd be like, you're a heretic. <laughs> but Paul was able to do this, and I love it. It says that they were brought to, to his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord uh, Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we exercise you by the, the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did, who did also. And the evil spirit answered and said, that's not good when they answer you, <laughs> FYI. When you're driving them out and they start talking back, it's, it's gonna take a little bit longer. <laughs> he said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. If you don't wanna flee naked and wounded, know Jesus, amen? This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came in confessing and telling of their deeds, just by what they watched. That's amazing. Just by seeing a demonstration of a relationship with Jesus in Paul, in an evil spirit saying, I know that guy, but I don't know this guy because you have no authority, and they get overcome, it caused them to say, I wanna know the one that Paul knows, confesses their sins. Also, many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Nobody asked them to do that, FYI. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's about, that's between 1.5 and 5.5 billion dollars in, million dollars in today's currency. And so the word of the Lord grew mightily and it prevailed. I would say this about that, knowing Jesus and the truth of his word is more valuable than any earthly knowledge or any earthly belief system or possession that you could ever gain. They literally saw what happened, they saw relationship in Paul, they saw relationship that these guys didn't have, and it turned their hearts in such a way they said, we'll take all of these things that we've been collecting that have value, and we're gonna throw them into a fire, and we're gonna choose to serve that man, Jesus, because his, his life changes my life, because it changed Paul's life. The only reason that Paul was known by the evil spirit was because of the authority that Paul operated in, and that was the authority of Jesus. The same authority that Jesus gave Paul could have also been with these men. They just chose to go a different direction. Instead, they tried casting out through the name of Jesus whom Paul preached, one that they knew about. I'll say it again, know Jesus, I mean, know the word, know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus through his word, you know of him. And we just saw, scripturally, that's a dangerous thing. That when I, when I need Jesus and I don't know him, I just know of him, I'm practicing through someone else's relationship, and then I choose to call upon him for my need, and I don't get something, I'll walk away with my, with my head down. It's because he's saying, I've given myself to be known, and if you would just give yourself to this, you'll know me. And then when you need me, you confess this, it actually works in your life. That's what he's saying in this moment. Know Jesus, know the word, know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is life. 
I have to say this as well. Uh, the word of God, it's gotta be submitted to and it has to be acted upon, no matter what. Otherwise, it's made of no effect. In James chapter two, we see this. He says this, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and they tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Meaning the word is designed to build faith within you when you hear it, but then you have to act on it and apply it to your life and obey it, and when you do, it actually comes alive in your life. It actually starts producing fruit in your life. I believe that disobedience and disregard to the word is to blame for it not producing what it's said to produce in your life. Disregard and disobedience to the word is to blame for it not working in your life. That's warm and fuzzy. It's actually not, it's as cold as the air outside. <laughs> but it's the truth. Because the word works. It's not broken. It's not out of date. It will work for your marriage. It will work for your parenting. It will work for your teenager's problems. It will work for anxiety. It will work for depression. It will work for sadness. Notice I didn't say it will work for your anxiety or your depression or your sadness because you don't have to actually claim those things. Because in the word, you're not what you feel. We have to start saying the word over our life. I feel anxious, but the word says I can be something different. I feel depressed, I feel sad, but the word gives me a better truth. I have to confess that better truth. The word works every single time you use it. Leanne quoted this earlier in worship, Isaiah 55. This is how I know the word works because the Lord told me. He said, for as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, they do not return there, but they water the earth, and they make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the either. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. When you feel depressed, when you feel anxious, when you feel like nothing's working, this is what you start proclaiming over your life. For you shall go out with joy. I have joy. I will be led in peace. The mountains and the hills, they break forth into singing before me. The trees, they clap their hands because of who God is and who I run with. You have to start speaking the word over your life when you feel something that is saying otherwise. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. It shall be to the Lord of, for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. In other words, in all of that, instead of cursing comes blessing when you're connected to the Father. In all of this, I want you to know Jesus. That's the intention, that's the goal. And he chose to reveal himself through his word. The scary thing about some of this is that we can make a God that we can't see say anything that we want him to say. And we are. That's why you have to know your word. That's why you have to have a relationship with this because you need to take the things that I'm saying to you right now and you need to take them to the word and you need to test them. Because there's people out there right now that are declaring that God is not a he, that he is a she or a them or a they or whatever he decided to be or they made him up to be. 
That's not the truth, FYI. That's a lie. And can I tell you where lies come from? Not God. He's not the author of confusion, but the father of lies, who lies, who is the devil, is what we're at war with. We need to know what he said because deception and smooth talking is knocking at the door. I'm gonna read this, it's not my notes, but Second uh, Timothy chapter four, he says this in verse, verse one, he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. He says this in verse, verse two, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. He's giving us warning about what's happening right now. For there will be a time that will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will find their ears and they will turn their ears away from the truth and they will be turned to, fa- to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. We have to make sure that the word is being preached and that is what is being preached from our living and our life. Um, I'm gonna get ready to close this thing, but uh, in Luke chapter three, I know I'm giving you a ton of scripture and, I'm preaching about the word, so if that offends you, I don't know what to say about that. John chapter three, we see John, John, he baptizes Jesus, right? Jesus comes out of the water and and, and the heavens open and we know that God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes and rests upon Jesus and Jesus receives power in this moment. Immediately after that, in Luke chapter four, verses one through 14, it says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Notice, he's hungry. He's empty. In terms of, his stomach is empty. You gotta pay attention to emptiness. And the devil was, and then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking up onto a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, this, the enemy used the scripture, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered with the truth, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went through all the surrounding region. Every single time that Satan came and tempted Jesus, 
he led with, it is said or it is written. He knew the word. Jesus went in the authority of the Spirit. He came out of the authority of the Spirit because he used the word. He swung the sword. It was his, his moment of, def- of, 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 of offense every single time the devil attacked him. The power never left him because he swung the sword. That's what faith does. But I want us to pay something close to something really fast that I saw. I didn't see this the other day when I preached this. I, I saw part of it, but not all of it. There at the very beginning it says, in those days he ate nothing. And then afterward, when he was hungry, the devil came and tempted him. And then in verse 13 it says that when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. And I believe that more opportune times for the devil to come and tempt you is when you're empty. Is when you haven't been feeding on the word. It's when you're weak in spirit. It's when you're, you're, you're susceptible to believe anything that makes you feel good. It's what happened in the Garden of Eden. It's the moment that, that, he was, that they were tricked. It's what happened in the garden when Jesus was praying and drops of blood are coming. It's what happens all of the time. And I was thinking about Matthew chapter 12. And in Matthew chapter 12, he talks about how when an evil spirit is driven out of a person, that spirit leaves and it goes and it searches for a new place to dwell, a new new person. It doesn't find one. So it returns from where it came with seven more worse than itself. And what it finds in the place that that originally came from is it finds that place clean, swept, and put in order. Meaning, outside everything looks good, but it finds that place empty. And it says that it, it returns with seven more worse than itself, and the second state of that man was worse than the first, meaning that everything looked good in that person's life, but they were empty. My, my question is, what is your plan so that when the enemy comes in a more opportune time, he doesn't find you empty? And it has to be that you have a plan of getting a relationship with Jesus through reading the scriptures. Has to be. It worked for Jesus. It works for you. Uh, when Chris Vallotton came and spoke in Midland in 2022, Leanne was actually sitting at the table. We had lunch at my house, and I worked up the courage in this moment. Uh, I love Chris Vallotton, he's one of my heroes, and I worked up the courage in this moment to ask him for a word. So he, would, would you give me a prophetic word? Do you remember this? Okay. I was so nervous. And he looked, he's, he looked right at me and said, you want a word? And I said, yes, sir. He said, read your Bible. It's not what I was thinking about. It's like, I don't know what to do with you right now. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for something that was elaborate. I was looking for something that was profound and future telling and future causing and faith giving and empowering. And I was looking for something that was gonna change my life. And then I started thinking, that's exactly what he gave me. He gave me something that was profound and elaborate and faith-giving and faith-filling and future-telling and future-causing. This is the word. And how dare me, you can speak for yourself, but how dare me elevate what he might tell me over something that what I have been told. And I have a high value for prophetic ministry, but it can't override this. It can't. 
because I will start getting led by prophetic words and not led by the spirit that is found in here. And when the prophetic word doesn't come to pass, then neither does my faith. It has to be found in the word. It has to. It's gotta mean something to you. It's gotta mean enough to you to actually search it out. I get it. There's times it's like, I just don't understand it. I opened it and I read something and I just didn't understand it, so I just closed it. Is that what you did at your job when you faced a problem that you couldn't get past? So you know what, I'm, it's not my job. I, I actually, I quit. I faced such a problem that I didn't understand in my job that I just quit. No, you didn't. Why, because you need the job. When you found yourself in a moment of parenting that you didn't know what to do, did you just say, you know what, I guess this is where it ends. You're 13, I'm 40, I, I mean, it's been fun. I don't know how much fun, but it was a, a kind of fun. No, we didn't do those things. Why? Because those things mean a lot to us. Well, what about this? What does this mean to us? How devalued has this become in our lives? I sent this to uh, a video teaching of, of a panel, and I watched that after I, I preached this on New Year's Eve, and these guys are just talking about the cost to have the word. Where a man knelt on a cement table for 100 days because he was fasting for someone to bring him a Bible. He was 16. His dad got so concerned, not being a believer, his dad was so concerned for his son's health that he started asking God also to bring his son a Bible. The same man was thrown into prison. He, he, he's a Chinese, Chinese man, and the same man was thrown into prison. He was put in what he called the hole. They, they took his Bible. He said that when his wife would come, he would, she would say, what do you want me to bring you? He would say, bring me one page of the Bible. So she would, she would cut out one page of the scripture, and he would take it and he would write it on his body. And then he wouldn't shower. And he would just read it over and over and over so he could memorize it and get it in him. They found him with a Bible and they threw him in a hole. This is what he called it. He couldn't, it was small enough that he couldn't lay down and he couldn't stand up. For 70 plus days, he fasted for a Bible. I got to 80 pounds. And miraculously, the warden of the prison actually brought him his Bible in the hole. Why? Because he never had anything like this before. Because he never knew the truth. We have five or six of these. And we don't even bring them to church. I know I'm sounding critical, but we have to understand that the times are changing rapidly. And the day of our salvation is more nearer than it was yesterday. Do you love the word? And do you know Jesus? It's a really simple question. I can go on Bible Hub is, is an incredible website, and I would encourage you to use it. Bible Hub is like a, a, an amazing resource for me. I can, in one place, I can search the scripture, I can read about six or eight different commentaries in English, and then based on the original language of the scripture, I can read about the Hebrew meanings of words, I can read about the Greek meanings of words, I can, I can dive and dissect as much as I want to. 
And sometimes I want to more than others. But I have to want to more in 2024 because I'm gonna have to have it in a way that I've never had it before. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.